Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's October 8th, 1906, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. So it was on this day that a specially selected group of hairdressing professionals descended upon an Oxford Street salon to watch a German hairdresser called Karl Nessler give the first ever public demonstration of his new technique, the permanent wave. And hopefully they brought snacks because it did take six hours. <laughs> Except he wasn't called Karl Nessler when he had his salon in Oxford Street, even though that was his name. He went by the name Charles Nestler. Uh, because it never hurts to be French when you're trying to pioneer anything in the beauty space. I also thought it was amusing in terms of the romance that he attached to his discoveries and inventions that he tried to talk up the discovery of the perm, you know, the hairstyle that was big in the 1980s, as being inspired by his days as a shepherd when he observed the way that <laughs> wool contrasted to human hair and it, you know, crimped in a certain way and the way that plant tendrils would naturally curl in advance of a Rainstorm. You're like, okay, dude, yeah, you just actually came up with a, a hair device and now you're trying to sell us a poetic story. Well, I mean, he could talk a good game about how he was inspired by sheep's wool, but he was probably more influenced by the fact that a chap called Marcel Grasso had invented a deep wave heating machine 30 years prior. That produced the curling technique known as Marcelling. You've probably seen it. It produces like a very sort of tightly crimped deep wave that gets layered up on your head a lot of actresses in the 1920s and 30s had this mm. kind of flat to the scalp curling style the only issue with it and other similar techniques was that they just didn't last very long even the hottest possible burning sensation of iron in your head <laughs> only lasted until your next wash hence the name perm so can we just talk about what he did then Nestle? because he you know as arian said the hairstyle kind of didn't really have its heyday and, until 70 years later. But what did he invent? What was the process that was going on in the Nestle perm that made it so, well, permanent? So for years, hairdressers have been trying to figure out what kind of chemical solution they could apply that would make these curls last longer. And Nestle was the one who had the good fortune to finally hit upon the right combination of technique and chemicals, but not without suffering. Luckily, not his own suffering. He moved to Paris and opened a salon there and tested his new idea on fellow German immigrant Katharina Leibel. The first attempts burnt off chunks of her hair and left blisters on her scalp Ooh. until the third <laughs> attempt finally produced the desired result. Reader, she married him. <laughs> and it was poor Katharina who was getting a numb bum in the seat in this Oxford Street salon on the day that we're talking about because she was still agreeing to model the perm for him. 
It is astonishing as well the way that history recounts her involvement in this invention. The Wikipedia page, for example, says that initially blisters rose on Label's scalp as if it was somehow her fault. <laughs> like, this was the invention was burning her head, were the words that you were looking for, historian. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason that the initial process was so dangerous, poor Katharina, is because the technique involves wrapping strands of hair around heating tongs that have been treated with. Well, initially his secret ingredient was cow urine, but by the time it arrived to the wider public, he had switched to borax paste. And then these tongs are heated. Initially, he did this via gas. Again, which just seems like he's trying to find ways to kill his wife. Later switched (laughs) to electricity. But each of these 12 heated rollers was made of brass and weighed about a kilo. So you basically had 12 kilos of boiling hot brass above your head. And it was only a sort of delicate system of counterweights that stopped them from touching your scalp. Yeah, the cow urine is kind of the okay bit. Well, each of these strands of hair you mentioned a system of weights there's no photo from 1906 but there are photos of women having perms perhaps 10 20 years later which you know you can imagine that it's broadly similar and you're looking at individual strands of hair being pulled up onto the ceiling in this case katarina's hair was connected to a chandelier i mean how steampunk is that (laughs) (laughs) each individual (laughs) strand of hair connected to the chandelier like young frankenstein style it looks like something out of one of those universal horror yeah. films from the 1930s. It, does, so it, does. It, genu- yeah. it looks like the villain has attached a woman to this device <laughs> to suck out all of the thoughts from her brain. Yeah. Or try to reanimate her somehow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but why did it take to the 1980s for this to be a hairdressing sensation then? Aside from the cow urine and the uh, ceiling lights. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, despite the lacklustre reception the idea received in London, the hairdressers who gathered to see that demonstration, it's not clear whether they thought, wow, this is the future, let's stay away from it because then we're going to lose all of our repeat customers because they'll have this permanent hairstyle, or whether they just thought, I don't think my customers will want to sit under, you know, 12 kilos Mm. of boiling hot brass. I think the former, to be fair, as a posh hairdresser on Oxford Street, you'd have had recurring clientele coming every week for their hairdo. A lot of women wouldn't have been washing their own hair at all at home in that era. And, you know, the the idea that you're offering something permanent, you would worry, wouldn't you, that that would eat into your trade. What they obviously undervalued was people's appetite to continually get new haircuts every, (laughs) you know, few months anyway, even if it is supposedly permanent. Well, but whatever it was, Nestler was not discouraged. Three years later, he patented an electric wave machine. And then in 1915, he was still working on refining his technique. He was actually interned during World War One as an enemy alien in the UK. So understandably done with England at this point, he emigrated to the US and he was quite surprised and annoyed to find there were already knockoffs of his permanent wave machine floating around. So what, so people had come to see this demonstration we're commemorating, then gone back to the States and just copied it? Yeah, it had actually become quite popular already in the United States. So he started filing for patents and developing more refined techniques and eventually he ended up building an empire that was worth a million, so don't feel too sorry for him. Yeah, at the height of his power he had 500 employees with branches of his salon in New York, Chicago, Detroit, Palm Beach, Philadelphia. At the same time as people like Nestle and Marcel Gratteau were perfecting curling techniques, there was a parallel movement within the black community where there were entrepreneurs like Madam C.J. Walker who became millionaires for developing these chemical relaxers. As ever throughout history, you know, if white people were encountering something really dangerous, it was even worse for the black people because a lot of these relaxers were based on lye, which is incredibly dangerous and damaging to your skin. And you had to time it just right. So you had to put this incredibly strong chemical solution on your hair, the idea being that it would break down the bonds of the hair and relax it into a sort of gentle wave. 
But if you didn't take it off at the exact right moment, you could either permanently damage your hair or give yourself incredible scalp burns. Have you ever had any chemical interventions on your head? <laughs> That's a completely normal question. As opposed to where else? <laughs> uh, I never have, I have to say. I have had hair disasters, but not chemical related. Um, I had <laughs> I had braids put in when I was <laughs> probably like in no. my late not teens, right, yeah. and it didn't do. Where are the photos, Adam? Yeah. No, photos share them, share them on the social media. <laughs> they, they have been subjected to chemical burns. <laughs> I had a very bad run-in with Sunin. You ever use Sunin? No. So no, what's that? Well, the idea is, so I had a, a mate who was naturally blonde. I just sort of missed this crucial detail, but had used sun in to make his hair that little bit lighter. Oh, and this guy's incredibly good looking. Like he looked like Kurt Cobain anyway. And then he went <laughs> on holiday somewhere sunny, sprayed this stuff in his hair. And when he came back, he looked incredible. So I was like, I'm, I want blonde hair. I'm going to try sun in. <laughs> so I went and bought this stuff and it lightens your hair, but it lightens it a gradient above what you naturally have. So since I naturally have mousy brown hair, I went on holiday, sprayed this noxious stuff all over my head, let the sun sort of sizzle on it, which is what it's supposed to do. You feel it going into your scalp. And I came back and everyone just said, why, why have you dyed your hair ginger? I was like, I haven't dyed my hair ginger. It's supposed to make it blonde. I look like that guy, that handsome guy. That's me. I'm him and he's me. <laughs> have we got time to talk about Carl Nestler's other great invention? Always. Uh, he yeah. is credited with inventing the first modern artificial eyelashes in 1902. So he was already riding high on the success of the artificial eyelashes when he when he invented the perm. Now that we know how Carl Nessler operates, you will not yes. be surprised to what learn. What are the eyelashes made of? Dead skin. It's worse. Mashed up beetles. <laughs> well, actually, there is. I mean, there is dead human involved because Nestle lashes were real human hairs, which were then attached to a sliver of fish bladder. Ooh. And then glued onto your eyelashes with a special solution. I mean, he probably didn't even bother telling you it wasn't the special solution at that point. <laughs> All of this patenting just makes me think, like, what am I? What have I been doing with my time? Like, you know, mm. everyone who we encounter, who's, yeah, who's thought of one thing has like patented five other things. And I'm like, man, I've just been sitting around trying to and trying and failing to write a book and. <laughs> Between us, we have got, surely got to be able to come up with a patent at some point. You've got a chandelier. You've got a wife. Go on, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. They were the number one cola in... Liechtenstein. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.